Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Girls Just Want to Have Funs. It's me, your host, Ashley, and I'm so excited to walk you through today's episode, episode three, actually. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking all about savings, the different accounts that there are out there right now, and how to make your money work for you. So before we jump into that topic, I want to go ahead and give you a little preview on, um, or a little background on where we've been. So last episode, we talked all about budgeting and the differences between wants and needs, the 50-30-20 rule, which is a way or a method that you could budget. So if you missed that, please go back and listen. I'm sure it'll be really helpful. And I know it'll be really helpful going forward. But last episode, I may have told you, or if you're hearing it for the first time now, here we are. So the 20% or the 20 in the 50-30-20 rule, that is money you're going to dedicate towards savings. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what to actually do with the 20, with the savings, with the money you're putting away. So I'm so excited. Let's get started. So savings accounts. So most of you know there's two types of accounts. Well, there's not just two, but for the, for the purpose of this example, there are two types of accounts, a checking and a savings. A checking is an account, I'm sure all of you know, that pulls money directly when you swipe your debit card, or in this case, in today's days, insert your chip. I'm a bigger fan of the swipe, you know, but that's, that's not important right now. So, savings accounts. So, I talked about last episode, um, a want fund, right? But in this episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about an emergency fund. So an emergency fund is recommended that you start with a thousand dollars. That should be your main focus in your savings is to get a thousand dollars saved so that you have a fund for emergencies. This is what kind of tying it back into the last episode. This is when I talked about, um, using your money to decrease potential stressors when a unavoidable cost were to come up like you got a flat tire. With an emergency fund, the actual definition of an emergency fund is, or how they recommend that you save for an emergency fund is three months of living expenses. So they say, people in the finance world, they say, why don't you put away three months of living expenses so if you were to lose your job per se, you would have enough money to cover your rent so that if you didn't get a job right away, which is sometimes the case, unfortunately, you still were set to pay your bills, to feed yourself, to make sure everything's going well and you don't go to into, def- into default, which means you like don't pay your bills and then they like turn your lights off. So for college kids like us, um, I would definitely say that a semester is a pretty good amount to save or having your savings. So for example, if you're taking an overload of credit hours, like maybe 18 and you have a class that is at 4 p.m. and you can't do your nannying job anymore or you can't do your job, but you still have to take the classes to obtain your degree, but you're not working, this would be where an emergency fund is really important because then you're still covering your cost without um, having no money. So what are the benefits and restrictions of a savings account? So the benefits, the benefits are safety. Savings accounts are so safe. They are not investments in the stock market whatsoever. So like I was saying, savings accounts are so safe. 
One thing that's awesome about being a citizen in the United States is we have the FDIC, which I'm sure some of you have probably heard this term thrown around. The FDIC is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And this basically means that every deposit you make is backed by this government FDIC up to $250,000 per account. So I'm sure you've studied in history what we had, the Great Depression, and people were going to the bank and their money wasn't there. So now everything is insured up to $250,000 so that we don't have these problems ever again and you're not just losing your money. So that's one of the first benefits. Another benefit is growth. You have the ability to make money on your money and make your money work for you, which we'll get into later on in the episode. Another thing is it's just ease of use. I know for me personally, a lot of these things are digitized. Whoa, sorry. They're digitized. So it's super easy to just go into an app on your phone or have um, certain things set up automatically that help you save and grow your savings. So some of the restrictions. Um, Unfortunately, with... Um, a savings account, and because you're growing money, there are a bit, there are a few restrictions that um, just are there. So the first one is six withdrawals per each period, which is like no. These are six withdrawals that are that have no fee attached to them. So you will not be penalized if you take money out six times out of your savings in one billing period. A billing period is. A month normally. It's when you started your account and then 30 days after that. For the most part, it truly depends on who you bank with, but most billing periods are a month long. And the fees on this really vary. I know for my account um, at Chase Bank, we have a $5 fee if you go over your six withdrawals. And banks are really good about this. Like they don't want to necessarily charge you the fee because they make money more money on your account. You're more money on your account when the money's in the account rather than charging you the $5 fee. So they do make a pretty good effort to email you like, hey, this is the last time that you can take money out without a fee. Like, please be mindful of that. Oh, you're getting too high in your withdrawals. Oh, we actually charged you a $5 fee because you took out too many withdrawals. So these are all communications that you will receive from your bank via email or if you have an app, they'll send you a notification or maybe even a text message. Another thing is sometimes with savings accounts, there's a minimum set amount that you have to have in your bank account. I haven't had really a problem with this, but I know there are some accounts where it's like, you have to have at least like a thousand dollars. Or if you're like really rich, I would imagine like, it'd be like, if you have like $50,000, you can have an account with us. This is more like private banks, but if you are using corporate not corporate. Um, if you're using, how do I say this? What is the word? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Consumer banks. That's what I'm saying. So if you're using a consumer bank, like Wells Fargo, PNC regions, like those are all consumer banks. They more than likely will not have an account or they will, how do I say this? They will more likely have an account that has zero fee or zero, um, minimum account amount, if that makes sense. My account at Chase has a $300 minimum. So if I don't have $300 in my savings at one time, I will get feed, if that makes sense. 
Another thing is monthly maintenance fees. This is another restriction, which I was telling you about earlier, right then. So when I don't, when I fall below the minimum amount that I'm supposed to have in my savings, which is $300, um, I will get a monthly maintenance fee, which is just a fee that they charge if, um, it's basically to run their operations. If you don't have enough money in your account, you should pay them because if you do have enough money in their, your account, they're making money on your money. So it kind of covers the cost. So they, they're able to give you the opportunity to have a bank account for free. This is not uncommon. Um, normally they're pretty low and it's nice to have that kind of incentive, incentive almost to keep money in your savings and to not pull it out because you know you're going to be receiving a fee if that's the case. So now that we've talked about the benefits and restrictions of a savings account, let's go ahead and get into APY and APR. So APY is annual percent yield or annual percent return. This really is just the interest you're owning on your money in a savings account. It's just a fancy way to say like you're you're earning this percentage on your savings account. So that brings me into the topic of compounding interest. This is how you make your money work for you. If you leave your money in a normal checking account, you're just letting it sit there and rot. So this is why savings accounts are so important because that money that's quote unquote sitting and rotting in your checking account can really make a little money back for you and be in a very safe place. So compounding interest. This is how compounding interest works. Let's say you have $2,000 and you deposit that into your savings account. This is going to be known as your principal, which I'm pulling a little bit of this information from a book that my friend wrote, Sydney Hedberg. She wrote Barney's Bergdorf's and Bills, which is a girlfriend's guide to finance. So she's a really good example that I'm going to pull from right now to um, elaborate. So you deposit $2,000 into your savings account. This is known as your principal. If you have an annual interest rate, which is the APY or APR that I was telling you about, of 5%, after 12 months, you'll have made $100 in interest. So if we kind of delve a little deeper into this, in the first year, if we have a principal of $2,000, which principal, again, is just the amount of money you are at first depositing into your account. So when you open your savings account, the money you put in there is your principal. If you have 5% interest, which mind you, 5% is so high and unrealistic. Nobody in their, nobody I, I have ever met makes 5% on their money in a savings account. If you want to make 5%, that's normally where you get into the investment sector. You put your money in the stock market. That's where you're getting higher, higher percentage gains every year. But for the sake of this example, back to savings. So you earn $100 on your principal in interest in the first year that it's in your account. So that interest is added on top of your $2,000. So now in your account, you have 2,100. So in year two, instead of earning 5% on the $2,000 principal or the $2,000 you originally put into your savings, you're earning 5% on the 2,100. So the principal plus the amount of interest you earned in the prior year. So for year two, you earned $105 in interest so you, the total you've earned for the entire like time of the account or lifetime of the account is $205 in interest. So you add the 205 onto the 2100 from last year and you're at 200 and 
$2,205. So you're three rolls along. So you're three, three rolls along and you make 5% on the $2,205. And that's $110.25. So if you notice, the amount that we're earning is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the reason for that is because the amount of money in the account is also increasing. So not only are you making money on the account that you've, on the money that you deposited, but you're also making money on the part of the account that, like the interest from the account that you've already like received, if that makes sense. I'm getting a little like excited here. So if I'm jumping over things, let me know if you have any questions. So basically, let's say 10 years out, and this is, this is not an account that you're putting more money into. So if you were even having, if you even had an automatic deposit, which we'll talk about in a second, your money would be growing because there'd be more in the account, even more than just sitting there and letting it do what it wants, if that makes sense. Let me dive a little deeper so you understand. Hopefully I'm making my point here. So at year 10, for example, at this point, you have so much money in your account that you're making $155.13 in interest for year 10. The total interest you've earned on the account year to date, not year to date, the total interest you've earned in the lifetime of the account is $1,257.79. So in 10 years, not adding any more money to your account, you will have made $1,000 Two hundred and fifty-seven dollars and seventy-nine cents. That's insane. You didn't even do anything. You just let the money sit in the account. Isn't that incredible? So at this point, your total balance in your account is three thousand two hundred and fifty-seven dollars and seventy-nine cents. So let's go to year thirty. Year thirty, you've earned four hundred dollars, four hundred and eleven dollars and sixty-one cents, making the total you've earned in the account on interest alone is $6,643.88. Meaning the balance of your account at 30 years out with no extra money from you is $8,643.88. So the original amount here, the original amount here was $2,000. So you've already made $6,000 more, almost $7,000 more on your money doing absolutely nothing. And this example is wonderful to show you truly the power of compounding interest and how you can continue to make money that you've already made in the account, which is awesome. This example, however, its fault is that 5% interest is so high and is not possible coming from a savings account. So realistically, instead of making probably like $100, you'll make like $20 or $15. However, that's better than making nothing with just leaving your money in an account. So what we have to talk about here is the opportunity cost. So what is the opportunity cost of having your money in a savings account? So the the definition of an opportunity cost is the decision to forego a certain risk or pleasure in exchange for the security of a secure place to put your money. Or your sacrificing spending your money now so that your money will have more buying power later if that makes sense like you'll have more of it if you just wait so instead of buying those maybe $500 shoes or like maybe a plane ticket if you were to save that money 
that you would use. You could buy maybe two plane tickets, maybe three plane tickets, depending on how long you put it in there. So just imagine the power of your money when you're earning interest and it's compounding on itself, which just means growing upon itself. It's kind of like your education. You have foundations and you build upon them the longer you're in school. It's the same thing with money in a bank account. But what's great about it is not only can you make money on your money, but you can also use a tool called autosave, which a lot of banks have different tools for this. What it basically means is repeating or ongoing or automatic transfers. This can take a lot of shapes and forms, forms and shapes. In my account in particular, we have a payday autosave rule, which means if I have a deposit into my account that is over a certain amount, mine is like maybe $200, then I will save a portion of that, which is like a specified dollar amount. I think it's anywhere between 50 to 75 that I've set it to. So if I have a deposit over $200, I'll save 50 to $75 of that. So on top of my money making money upon itself, it also has more of my money going into it, into my savings. So you, it's kind of a almost a double growth here, if that makes sense. But definitely do your own research with this. I found that some of the highest APYs, which is the interest rate, have been at Goldman Sachs, Marcus Savings. That's 1.7%. Um, personal savings with American Express, that's 1.7. And then City Accelerate Savings is 1.85%. So you just have to pick what's good for you. If you bank with City, that's great. If you bank with, with um, Chase, that's great. Some of the more consumer banks, they don't have as high of a um, interest rate or percent yield or whatever you want to call it. So it's always good to do your research and kind of see what works best for you. If you're looking for a better mobile app, that's really important to you. If you're looking for a better interest rate, my I personally use American Ex- Personal Savings by American Express. Um, that's what I find to be the easiest. I love some of the features that it has, and I kind of love how slow it is. I have found, especially when I was a freshman and when I was in high school, I found that when I put money in my savings, if I found something that I wanted, I wanted my money out so fast so I could go buy it immediately. And so personal savings by American Express takes one, two, three, four, five business days to get the money into your account. So by that point, you are not um, buying things on impulse. You really have consciously weighed the options and had time to think on it, which I really liked that it kind of forced me to do that almost. One thing I will note is that the national average for APYs is 0.16%. So there are banks out there that you make so little money. So you definitely, definitely need to do your research on this. Like always, I hope this information was very helpful and useful and really guided you into the ins and outs of savings and the different accounts that are out there. The last thing I want to say, if you are kind of a newbie in investing, which is not the topic of today's podcast, but one thing I just want to note for those of you out there who are listening, I know there's a lot of craziness going around with the coronavirus and I hate, I know I don't want to be the 50th time that you've heard coronavirus today, but I'm going to do it really quick. I just want to encourage you to, if you have investments, do not sell out of fear. A lot of um, 
people who are not very um, experienced in the industry of stock market investing or um, they're kind of new to it, they sometimes will act out of fear. And what I will say is that if you just hold out and you do not sell, you'll receive so many, um, typically you will receive so many more gains than you would have if you would have sold out and you'll really miss out on when the market does pop back. So I know it's scary and I know people are losing money. I personally have lost a couple hundred dollars in the stock market over the coronavirus, but if you just be patient with it and let it all bounce back, it'll all work out. Okay. So that's not necessarily advice. It's just, um, a little tidbit of, I guess it is advice. I'm not telling you what to do with your money, but I am giving you a little bit of advice of what I'm doing. So I hope that's helpful. Do what you need to do. Set up your savings account. I would love to hear if any of you guys are setting up a savings account or if you are earning interest. That is the most exciting thing to me. And I hope everyone is having a great week and is putting money into their savings. So I'll see you next episode or I'll talk to you next episode. Until then, bye-bye.